Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Dude, how come y'all haven't come out with Senyard Vineyards organic wine? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's get Big Tom on that. (laughs) Now launching SECQB in five, four, three, two, one. We have lift off. Welcome back to SECQB with LSU quarterback Zach Mettenberger. What's up, guys? And former LSU lineman Riley Seniors. Before we get into the show, please take a moment to like and subscribe. It really helps the show grow. We really appreciate it. So we can just uh, kind of just jump right into it, guys. Um, Kind of our first movement, this being a a quarterback-driven podcast in the SEC. Our first movement in the conference is, uh, or I guess, you know, not our first, but another movement is um, transfer out of Tennessee. Um old buddy Maurer has decided to enter a transfer portal. Um, as we talked about, you know, last week with, you know, just how, how chaotic that can be with four guys going for a job. Um, obviously he got told recently that they're gonna, you know, I don't know how they phrase it, you know, different coaches do it differently, um, break the bad news, but Hey, we're going to start cutting down reps, you know, on who we think is going to be the guy, yada, yada. He started tuning out and said, I am out of here. Thank you. Um, so, again, more movement. Another good quarterback in the transfer portal. It'll be interesting to see where he shows up. In other news, um, South Carolina's quarterback, Luke Doty, probably going to be out. They had to activate a fellow Oconee alum, I believe, Zeb Nolan, uh, from their coaching staff. Guy's a grad assistant, still has el- eligibility, and uh, Beamer comes into the office. Hey, buddy. You want to throw those pads back on and wear number 25 and sling it for us a little bit? Yeah, buckle the straps back up. Hey, G-A. why the hell not, Coach? I am in. I'm an Oconee warrior. I'll sling that thing around. Um, but what an awesome story, man, for a guy to uh, to get another opportunity to play, continue doing what he loves, um, kind of, you know, prolong that coaching career. But, you know, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be a good look for that kid. It's going to help him, you know, accelerate his uh, – you know, his coaching world, he's going to be able to rise up, I think, faster because of this, doing something like this. And, you know, really, it's just a cool story for a guy like that. Um, hopefully, Doty, though, gets healthy and they can they can roll with him because I'm expecting a lot of good things from him this year. But um, definitely a cool story to, to keep tabs on with uh, with Nolan out at, uh, at the great Columbia Gamecocks, South Carolina. So we'll tune in with that. Um, yeah, that's one, that's one of those qualities, really, in any job where it's like if you're willing to do anything. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like it's it's, a, talk it, about talk about a team guy. It's uh, surely they're putting on, a yell, but the, like a job that everyone wants to do. Hey, man, right. you come be the quarterback. It's not like hey, you want to be our uh, our garbage man now. So do you think they put a? Uh, <laughs> you think they're putting a vest on him, or is it balls to the wall? You can go ahead and hit the coach, and we're not going to need him later in the year. <laughs> yeah, guys, just slide up the grad assistant. You know, yeah, it's no big deal. Um, usually, usually your defensive and your your players aren't getting to hit hit the quarterbacks. You know, it's like now he kind of might take it this two sided. You got a kid that's a GA coach who's willing to come in and take the reps at quarterback, and you go, we might let these DNs tee off on him a little. Yeah, bit let's too. make it live. Make it live, coach. Let's see if I'm I'm still wanting to do this. Uh, but no, everything I've. <laughs> Yeah. He's got a green jersey. Good, uh, good, so, good. Yeah, but we'll I am loving brain. quarterback number twenty-five. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, who else? Jared Lorenzen was what twenty-two. 
Yep. Flutie was 21. Who else? We got any other 20s? Uh, was it Frank Sinkwich at Georgia or Charlie Trippy was number 20? Some some pretty good 20-number quarterbacks there, no if you're doubt. asking me. Um, but that will be a cool storyline to keep up with. Um, but it's just, you know, it kind of goes into this kind of easy transition and kind of how, you know, the vaccine deal is kind of affecting not only, you know, college world, but NFL world. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of a, a, a situation where South Carolina had to plug a guy in due to an ankle injury. But as you're seeing with the Patriots and Vikings, other places, there's quarterbacks that are having to miss time because of, you know, vaccination issues and different protocols. Um, you know, what do you think about all that rally about, you know, the vaccine and, and being on a team and knowing that just all the, all the red tape you got to go through not being vaccinated. Um, you have, yeah. you know, you have something you know, on that. I, I mean, without politicizing it, cause everybody's going to have their own opinion, just looking in the world of sports, um, and particularly in college football, you know, um, it, or I say that it, look at the NFL, you know, you got the NFL, they've got, uh, I think, you know, the Atlanta Falcons came out and said they were a hundred percent, um, with their vaccinations and all that, but they're looking at not only fines, but missed times, but, you know, a chance to forfeit a game. And so at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, getting the job done in college football. We've got, and in the sec, we've got a uh, new fresh head coach at Auburn. Brian Harson is, uh, you know, currently um, battling with, I think he's symptom free or he was as of a couple of days ago when he tested positive, but he's in a, a 10 day quarantine protocol here where he's having to get on, you know, camps over. You're down to the last 10 days before kickoff here. Last thing you want to be doing is communicating with your team, especially as a brand new coach yeah. virtually, you know, over yeah. zoom meetings, you've got a, a inside the locker room problem at Alabama right now between coach Saban and uh, who's supposed to be one of the, you know, biggest producers on the offense, Jalil Billingsley, um, who, you know, is, doesn't want to get the vaccine and Saban's, you know, kind of upset about that. I think there's been some, um, you know, lack of reps and a little bit of arguing and button heads. That's just stuff, you know, that's the Zach, as you know, that's the stuff you don't want those distractions coming in 10 days before kickoff, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so, I just always think, you know, number one ability is availability, you know, absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter what the reason is, you know, coaches are always looking for an excuse to not play a guy. Right. You know, and, and it's not to not play a guy because, but we got to find reasons why this guy separate himself from the other guy, you know? Sure. Hey, these yeah. two guys are pretty equal on the football field, but you know, Hey, this man, I hate to even get, but like, Hey, this guy's vaccinated. You know, we don't got to worry about him being suspended and in quarantine for 14 days, you know, like, right. Like that stuff definitely plays a factor, fair or not. That's just the reality of what we're dealing with. Exactly. In, in as weird right as it now. is. Yeah. As weird and, as it is. You know, that's just something since we were kids, I mean, everyone who's played football, right? It's all about the team, right? That's what they ingrained in us. Do what, do what's best for the team, what you need for the team. Yeah. I mean, right now it's looking like what's best for the team across the board is guys, let's just get a vaccine. You're like, yeah. I, do you want to do what Cam's doing right now and missing five of the most important practice days when you're in a quarterback competition for the Patriots, right? Sure. Do you want to go into protocol, you know, Auburn, Alabama week, and you're the trigger man for Auburn, Alabama, and you're now in protocol and you got to, you know, like, yeah. Or it's your, you know, you're, it's, it's supposed to be your campaign season and you're coming out, you know, you got Alabama going to Gainesville week three. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, because you didn't get vaccinated or do what the rest of the team did, you're having to sit out and miss a 
live televised primetime game where you've got a chance to show NFL scouts your talent. I mean, you get put film. You're just you're missing you're missing out. You're missing what you're supposed to be doing playing the game. Um, I like I said, I understand the all the damn political pull from it all. Yeah, I, I mean, disagree everybody's with all got that. their everybody's sides got, and reasons for yeah, and sure. I, and I get that and I respect that, but um, we're here to talk about football and that's how, yeah. it's, that's how it's affecting <laughs> SEC football right now. And then not, even outside of the conference, you've got uh, the kid at Rutgers that enters the transfer portal because um, Rutgers University put in, their athletic department put in a mandatory uh, vaccine policy, which, you know, that gets into the whole Do you see um, LSU – Kunas country came out and said, uh, you got to show proof of vaccination yes. and test or test negative. Oh yeah. man. I That's, bet there's some, there's some country folk down there in the swamp that are just very upset about that. But, uh, I mean, yeah. And, and you, you wouldn't be surprised if we see more teams doing that. You know, throughout that's the, the year. thing. That's the thing. It's just, so, you know, as soon as someone else does it, it's the, you know, the, the, the domino the effect, PC, the snowball. You know, it's the PC. Yeah. It's the 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 quote unquote right thing to do, right? Yep. At least visually, you know, for for people. So yeah, so, it's only a matter of time for everybody, not everybody else, but more people start doing the same thing. Um, yeah, whether it's for real, whether it's for you know real health concerns, or if it's for like you said, a politically correct. Of a, exactly. You know, I mean, it's it's just it is what it is, folks. You know, like if you don't want to miss football games as a player or a fan. Yeah, we'll get a shot at that CVS dog. It is weird. It is weird. <laughs> weird times, but I'm I am fired up that that football is back. Uh, I feel like you know this is our week up, week three, and um, we're getting closer and closer to having some real ball to talk about. After I know, we, yeah, we all this fluff talk is just ridiculous. Next just week, ridiculous. <laughs> we're having almost, fun. It's almost as ridiculous as preseason awards, don't you think? Yes, thank you for starting that up. <laughs> I wanted to get your take on that, old Zachary. Well, um, you know. You know, so just let me preface it real quick. So you know, there's you've got you've got coaches polls that come out for pre preseason all conference all this stuff. The one that a lot of fans really buy into is you know AP rankings throughout the year. But today they came out with, or maybe it was yesterday, they come out with um, the preseason AP All American um, selections. We've got a total of seven SEC guys uh, on the first. They do a first and second team on the first team between. Offense, defense, and special teams. I think there's a total of seven guys from the SEC. Uh, but you also have, you know, the preseason individual awards that come out, the Buckus Awards, the Remington Awards, the Blitnikoff Awards, all that stuff. Zach, tell me a little bit about, you know, how does that affect a player, uh, whether in a positive or negative way, their confidence, or is it a distraction, or is it does it mean anything? Is an NFL scout looking more into that, or is it all just shut up and let's play ball and let's see how it really is when you tie the shoelaces and you buckle the chin straps? You know, it, just like this show right now, we're just trying to find stuff to talk about. And I think all that preseason list stuff was just something to put out there to talk about. You know, we just we don't got much time, but we're running out of stuff to talk about. Hey, who we think's gonna be an all American? You know, I don't know, dude. It's 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 wild that it's you know, that it's a thing. Um, but for sure, if you think that like guys don't dwell on that a little bit, you know, and not everybody, right? The like real steely eyed killers, they don't care. Right. Sure. They know they're on the list, but they're still going to go out there and they're going to, you know, get 20 tackles and, and, you know, you know, a sack a game or whatever it is, you know, and then some guys who let that stuff eat at them and then they just kind of crumble and then, you know, they're on no list to be found at the end of the season. Um, you know, 
again, like I said, it's just something, it's something for fans to talk about. You know, it's cool. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool for your school. It's cool for being a fan of your team, seeing, Hey, that your team's getting recognition and all these individual accolades and things like that. But it's, it's, it's nothing more than that. You right. Know, like you said, you still got to go lace it up and you still got to, got to show that, you know, whoever the AP, who is the AP? I want to. I know that. I know, I know, but I want a lineup of these guys. Oh, I yeah, want a police yeah. lineup. I want to see mug shots of what these guys look like. Yeah. On who, who, like, and, and, how and, they know? It's how like many, Vegas. How, many, how do really, they know? Really, it's like how many collective snaps of football do they have under their belt in their lifetime? Too. It's like these guys are professional, <laughs> professional newspaper. See, and that's that's why, like, you know, like the Hall of Fame, right? You get into the Hall of Fame. That's you know, peers and people, you know part of that organization you know there's no fluke in that right you know like the what's the list going on right now the nfl top 100 that one's yeah. a player driven list that one's a legit list right that's your peers um, yeah you know if there was a preseason, you know players all sec all american pick i think that would be that would be more fun to talk about yeah, so I mean, even the coaches one, which you know, in a coaches pool, like that's a little bit based off what you're saying, a little bit more respectable than the AP one. Yeah, because, but I mean, you don't think that the, the Nick Saban sitting there like, man, I got some studs. I'm putting Alabama dudes. Sure, visit. you know, like yeah, no, absolutely, it could be a so, little. Lo- and little and loaded. I don't know that that someone's doing that. You know, you you're can't. Right. You, but you know, it definitely looks better when your team has more guys. Unless it's something that when they vote, they can't vote for any of their own guys, which I would assume that's yeah, how that's got to be how it is. Yeah. So if that is, then for sure that's like absolutely a list that I could could get on board preseason and yeah, definitely pique my interest. But when it comes to you know the sports writers and the message boards and all that, the Bleacher reports, you know stuff like that, it's just it's just fluff. You know, speaking of these coaches going off the coaches' poll to kind of transition, um, I wanted to kind of talk about and see what your take on some things are with some of these uh, second-year SEC coaches, you know. So we've talked about the past couple of weeks, a, a few of these guys, a few of them we haven't. Um, we found out last week that you really like Mike Leach. I'm right there with you. He, I think Big you said fan. last week he's Big a dandy of a human being. That's the a great pirate. way to put it. But we've got, we've got a handful of these second-year SEC coaches, you know, um, going into a second season. It's coming in and taking over a program first season. We'll touch on this in a little bit. You know, expectations, you want to see – there's certain things you're looking for in a head coach as a fan, as an athletic director, you know, um, somebody who's tied to the program, a booster, whatever it may be. Um, second year, the expectation kind of goes up a little bit because you've got the year under your belt to uh, yeah. get acclimated. You've – you know, starting to get recruiting on your own. You've changed the culture or getting to change the culture of how you came in and wanted to. Um, some of the guys, you know, we're looking at is Mizzou's Eli Drinkwitz, um, Mike Leach, like we mentioned at Mississippi State, Sam Pittman at Arkansas, and uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. You know, out of those guys, I, I know we touched on um, – Matt Corral a lot last week and uh, Ole Miss and kind of what we expect to see out of them. Out of those programs, Zach, who do you see um, kind of separating themselves to the class of, of second-year new SEC coaches? Um, You know, no disrespect to, you know, Mizzou or Arkansas. You know, I think this is, uh, you know, old Mrs. Shitty's year. You know, I'm uh, – <laughs> I'm expecting big things from old Piss and Lane Kiffin. 
Um, you know, we talked a lot about that last week and him, you know, just being there another year, another year in his system. You know, I think they're going to be rolling offensively. And, you know, just being the big fan of, of the leecher that I am, man, I just hope that he gets it figured out and they're able to use that air raid in the SEC and, and you know, put up big yards and, and points. And be the guy's a character. He's a character. He's yeah, great he's for football. Pure entertainment. It really and is. When they're rolling, man, they're, they're as fun to watch as anybody. Um, so I think – you know, I think those two programs have a better opportunity to have a bigger leap just through recruiting and everything at Mississippi and, you know, just what they do offensively. But, um, you know, definitely don't sleep on on Missouri. I think they're going to be a sneaky team in the East. And uh, we talked about Bazalak a little bit. I think he's going to come out and have a good year spending it. Um, again, yeah, there's a lot, is, lot of, there's a lot of hot press on Bazalak. I mean, there's a lot of people that are, you know, strong on Bazalak. It's the time of year where everything's good. Yeah, we're all true. zero and zero, and everything's just the grass is greener right now. So, out of your so your take on the uh, second year SEC coaches, you're saying that the good old Egg Bowl is going to be a showdown, and Mike oh, yeah, yeah. could I end think, up proving who. who I takes think they're the going to be rolling into the Egg Bowl. They're going to both have really good records. There's going to be potential. There's going to be potential. Um. That might that egg, the egg bowl this year could end up breaking a record for the highest scoring egg bowl game. I hope. God, what was it? I, I think there's going to be implications. That was the word. God, big word. God, hard a to huge remember. Word. Um, but there, I think that you know, like Ole Miss, you know, Ole Miss that game. I think I think Ole Miss has got a good shot to shock some people and win some games in the West and being you know being contention for the playoff. And and I think that game is going to have some big uh, big implications for for bowl games for each teams. But you know. Old Miss is, you know, gonna, you know, if they're riding the hype train like everyone believes that they can be, you know, they might be, they might be there in that mix with, you know, Alabama, LSU, and the West. So we'll see. Texas A&M too. I always forget about them. They're a Big Twelve school to me. Always will be. I don't well, know. Well, you got to watch out because <laughs> Big Twelve's creeping in here, dude. How about how? Yeah, and speaking of the Big Twelve, freaking. The alliance they, is they, being made. They're like, hey, man, you guys take our two best teams. We're going to make our league yeah. bigger and nationwide. Yeah. Pac-12, ACC, and uh, the Big Ten actually come in and, and, and form an alliance. What do you call on that league? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that it comes down. So you got to take the Pac-12 out of it because I think that they're lucky to be uh, – joining the ACC and the Big Ten. I mean, I would still call it the ACC. I think ACC has rights. Maybe Big Ten, but um, it's pretty much going to be Clemson and Ohio State that determine everything. So I got a feeling yeah. that it's going to come down to um, those those two those two programs making a decision on what they want to call the league and what all they want to do and how they want to yeah. schedule games. And if they want to eat for dinner. To hell with that. We're going <laughs> to join the SEC. Y'all can do y'all's own league, right. buddies. Yeah. We don't want so, we don't want to have to charter a plane plane to Washington this week and then seriously. go to, what, I mean, go to Boston you, College next week and then go to Stillwater, Oklahoma the week after that. God, right. that could you just the logistics and having to travel with those kids and man, yeah, so much easier to hop an hour, you know, it is flight it is, over to Mississippi. It is funny to see though, or not even funny. It's just it's interesting to see how the 
the atmosphere, the culture of college football as we've known it our whole lives, you know, from being a little kid growing up and watching it to you playing it to um, understand it, whether you're a fan or been a part of it or as a coach. Between the NIL that we've talked about the past two weeks, the reformation of these conferences and leagues, um, the transfer portal, I mean, it is it is significantly a different game. I mean, it's, it it's, is it's, completely it's, different. Big, hey, money talks, baby. Yeah. When there's money involved, people want it. And, the only uh, the only constant in this life is change, and yeah. we're looking at it live in college football. Adapt or die, you know. That's why you know that's why Saban's so good. You know, he's a great coach, but that dude is the first to adapt to any new rule. You yeah, know? just how you got to be. Adapt yeah. or die. Cam Cameron used to always tell me that at LSU. Adapt or die, Zach. Adapt or die. Okay, so we had to talk about we had to talk about the uh, the second year coaches and I, and I, the second year coaches to me, like I mentioned, personal take here is that that's that's such a bigger year than the first year because expectations do change and it becomes a little bit more. You have a little bit more ownership in your program. You're more familiar with the area. I mean, even outside of the football field, your family settled in. If you've got kids, they're they're in school finally. Let's talk about these first year coaches we got in the SEC and. Um, I'd like to hear what you think on, on, on those takes, you know, Brian Harson, obviously, um, coming in from Boise state to Auburn, um, was a big deal. Uh, we got Clark Lee at Vandy, who we talked about week one, who's a local high school guy who's worked his way up the ranks and, um, a local Nashville guy. Um, you got Shane Beamer, son of absolute legend, Frank Beamer, starting his first year at uh, South Carolina. And then Josh Hupel at Tennessee, um, who we talked about, you know, coming in and looking at this quarterback battle that we started this episode with, um, with Mara leaving. And uh, out of those guys, you know, and the expectations they have, Zach, who would you, you know, who, who should the eyes be on? Who's got the most to, uh, the most to kind of, live up to the most hype to live up to who's got the uh the biggest target on their back are you looking at you know in, in consideration the program they've gone to the expectation of that fan base of that program um you know the state of the program where it is is they're picking it up obviously you've got J- josh hoople coming to tennessee who like like i said i think last week or the week before last tennessee fans are going to be faster to blame whoever this quarterback ends up being than the head coach because they're tired of blaming a head coach they've had so many of them um you would think the same way with clark lee at vandy um you know so who, who do you think is got the bullseye on their back for year one coach in the sec um, you know well I'll, I'll start this way so there's four new guys so you know i i think the guy who's got possibly the easiest transition i guess would be harson and auburn you know auburn's always got dudes right now you know they got a little bit of a quarterback deal um he came out recently and said you know we might go to you know two guys at, two at trigger man which you know, I've I've always been a believer, and if you got two, you got done. Um, but I think you know. Why do you think that? I'm a, let me cut you off real quick. That that's an interesting take to hear you say that as a former LSU quarterback. What the if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got none. Talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, it's just it's just a leadership aspect. Um, you know it. Obviously, if you got two guys, right, that deserve it and they're both going in there, both playing at a high level, it's easy to follow both guys. But if there's any kind of controversy at any moment, you know, it can it can divide a team. You know, they pick your guy and that's our guy. You know, we, we had a similar issue 
when I was at LSU my first year with Jordan, Jarrett Lee. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we had two and we ended up going undefeated and not, you know, didn't lose till we played Alabama. So, right, that just kind of debunked my theory. But, you know, we had a lot of internal issues throughout the year um, just dealing with just that whole dynamic of, oh, who's going to play this week? Who's going to play more reps? Who's, you know, and just having all that to deal with, you know, you, you, you preferably have, excuse me, one guy that you stick with and everyone just rallies around that guy. You know, that's the quarterback position drives the football team, you know, like it or not. That's the fact of it. Um, Natural leader. Yeah. It's better to have, it's better to have one CEO, right? Yeah. 100% um, of the business. So that's, that's just how I've always felt. Um, and you're and right. Again, there's, there's some anomalies out there that have worked, you know, with a two quarterback system, but yeah, that's a, that's a good take. I mean, I, 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 I could see that from a locker room perspective of having to go in on a Monday and see, you know, who's taking first team reps. And then it yeah. gets down to, is it, it, does it mean that they played better last week or does it mean that they line up personnel wise better with this opponent for this upcoming yeah. week? It just kind of causes some confusion and, and then you have two offenses. If you have two different types of guys, right? You got a runner, you got a pocket guy, and you got two two systems essentially that you're running, right? So you put another guy in, it's like, oh, this is the guy they like to run zone read with. So I mean, it's just it is what it is. Um, but Harson, going back to what started all this, I think he's got the easiest um, first year duties, just being at Auburn, being at a place like that that can recruit and get talent. Um, obviously you know, just transitioning to doing what he wants to do personnel wise might take a little bit just going from, you know, miles on spread to, to doing that Boise pro style spread more or less. Um, our boys in Tennessee though, Lee and Hoople Heupel, uh, I never know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. I, don't I just, it's tough, tough. I mean, a, so for Lee at Vanderbilt, you know, just it's it's tough at Vanderbilt. Even when you're there for seven years, ask Coach Mason. You know, it's tough to get over that hump. Um, and it's going to be even tougher just being first-year guy, not with personnel that you necessarily recruited, trying to implement everything. Um, you have the, uh, you know, arguably the worst fan base in the SEC. It's just it's tough uphill sledding for him at Vanderbilt to get to get going, kind of that culture that he was part of at Notre Dame. Um and then the big thing for Hypel Hoople at uh, Tennessee is, you know, people, you know, I guess I already forgot that dude didn't even get a full off season. Right. You know, Pruitt got fired. It feels like a week ago. Right. Yeah. So, Maybe. so not only does he not, he's, he doesn't even have, you know, what you usually get hired in January and you got six months kind of recruit, get a half, you know, half your first recruiting class together and do all that. This guy didn't even get that opportunity to do that, you know? Then he's got to deal with three quarterbacks right now fighting for the job. Right. It's just, it's got to be chaos right there for Tennessee, as we talked about previously. Um, I'm sure their quarterback coach is pulling his hair out right now, um, having to deal with all that. But yeah, just really tough. Just not having, not having as much, you never have as much time as you want being a coach. You know, you always with the 20 hour rule, you know, can only coach your guys 20 hours a week there's just not enough time you always want more time and for him to come in kind of missing the recruiting cycle and getting hired in the summer that's just that's just tough man i'm i'm not expecting a lot from tennessee so any anything he pulls out this year win wise is gonna be uh is gonna surprise me that's for sure 
Um, yeah, and I, I think I, I think Tennessee fans are probably in the same boat. I hope um, they're not listening to me because they're going to be like, "This guy sucks." No, I don't. Or that's the thing is, I really don't <laughs> think they will be. I think you know that's my whole point is I think they're to the point where they're like, we can't expect to have a guy, especially like this, come in and have immediate success. They're looking probably looking at their schedule and going, "Okay, put an asterisk by three games. We would love to win those three games." And then there's two offs where they would be upsets, and they're like, "And if we could win those." You know, we'll pulling an all nighter. Yeah, take it, take it downtown. Rocky top, mofo. Yeah. Good old and so, Rocky. you know, I agree with I agree with that on the Tennessee take. Vandy, man, you know, um, a great a great place and a great city and a great university. They just it's when will they ever you know be kind of breach that point and become relevant um i agree with you on harson too i think harson has the best weapons to come in i think he's got great experience as a head coach um i think there's going to be a little bit of a wake-up call for him uh as far as coaching sec ball compared to in boise idaho but you know what honestly man i always say this like if i was ever to be hired as a head coach who am i hiring and I don't think he picked two better guys. You know, oh, he's missing yeah. time right now. He's got Mike Bobo, who's a longtime SEC OC, head coach of Colorado State. His DCs was Derek the Vanderbilt's Mason. head coach you yeah. know, for the last seven, eight years. Right. Yeah. No, he's he, his support staff, no doubt. I agree with that. Unbelievable. And like, that's the thing. Hey, both of you guys failed. Can you guys come help me not fail? You guys yeah. know what didn't work for you. Come here and help me. And he right? left some position, he left some position coaches in place. Um, like we mentioned before, kind of like Williams running back, you know, people that know the Auburn yeah. motto culture, guys that have been there, he didn't completely clean house, you know? Yeah. And so I think that was a, a huge, that, that's a, a huge asset for him. I think that was a smart move on his part. I do think though, that he's going to, as far as fan base and program goes, uh, just from some Auburn people, Auburn fans that I know, you know, there were some that were ready to get rid of Gus Malzahn. There were some that were like, why are we getting rid of Gus Malzahn without a better hire out there? So I think he is going to be under the most scrutiny. I think there's going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, that's just Auburn. Yeah. There's, there's standards at Auburn. Doesn't matter. Yeah, year one exactly. or year 10, buddy. We need 10 wins and we got to beat Alabama or your ass is on the hot seat. Right. Um, And then, you know, don't want to forget about Beamer, Uh, you know, obviously, you know, South Carolina is a good state to recruit in. Um, got a lot of talent there. Old Paul Meadow. It's just, you know, South Carolina, what, what's their best years, right? Nine, yeah. eight wins. Yeah. You know? I think get, they'll be get, a little bit get lower Getting to the SEC that. championship game, you yeah, know. You know, and what, that happened East. one time? Yeah. Or, with Garcia uh, or, or rec- back in yeah, the day? Re- well, no, no, it happened uh, – more recently, was Gar- than that. wasn't it? No, Garcia beat Tuscaloosa at Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Then they went uh, to the SEC that year. I thought. Yeah, they did. You're right. You're the, you, yeah. Come on, right. man. I know you're my right. Garcia history. Don't be testing me on that. That's a guy we need to get on this show. I love Stephen Garcia. I don't think the American people can handle Stephen Garcia. Yeah, I was gonna say if we're gonna. I love that guy. Ah, oh, sycamore trees. I hope you're listening. Uh, so. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, th- I think the Beamer thing, and this is a hundred percent opinion, and um, I think there's going to be more pressure on Beamer from being Frank Beamer's son than there oh, is going to yeah, be yeah, from yeah. That taking guy's over been as a his whole life. Yeah, no and it's just like you, when your dad's just an absolute coaching legend like that. You know, there's fans that aren't going to realize that 
they didn't hire Frank Beamer. They, you know, they hired his son. Exactly. And they're going to expect him to come out and have a yeah. Frank Beamer type first season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, but it's always interesting to see a first season coach. You know, uh, I know you get pissed that I always bring up Bama, but you go back and look at Nick Saban's first year as Alabama's coach. You know, ULM. Yeah, I got beat by Louisiana ass. Monroe in Tuscaloosa. Um, squeaked out, I think, one and won eight games or seven games, seven and five, something Who like that. Who was the quarterback that first year? Was that JP Wilson? Yeah. I believe that's correct. John Parker oh, Wilson. Bama was, Bangs. Two, yeah. Bama Bangs died with, with J.P. Wilson. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so first years, can they can be indicative, but they can also be, you know, just a, a slow start. I, I, I think that um, I'm excited, like you are, to watch Mike Leach and, and the Mississippi State Bulldogs this year. Yeah, dude, um, I think everyone should be excited to watch. I, you know, I think I think that a lot of people were a little bit disappointed last year. They expected expected a little bit more pizzazz and a little bit more coming from that squad. I think that Mike Leach uh, has got like some if, tricks if up people his if people just on like just knew like guys, this guy does not game plan. People listening, and if you don't know what that means, that means watching film. That means adding wrinkles to your playbook, different plays that you think is going to hit versus team. And I'm not saying he does, and I'm sure he does add stuff, you know, a little bit. But guys in that air raid system, you know, the old old heads, man, it's like they run they run four pass plays and three run plays, and they run it fast, and they're just going to do it over and over. I mean, yeah. that guy, if you've seen his play call sheet on the sideline, it's an index card, people. Yeah. You look at every other OC or head coach, it is – It's like I the mean, Andy, Andy Reid Waffle House menu thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's it like is a the whole, biggest. It's, it's highlighted. Huge, I mean, it's yeah. got every situation it's like a on there. Board. Yeah. We got our third and short play calls. This is the cover. Man, he's got an index card that just probably says, I don't know throw it yeah you know like <laughs> when in doubt <laughs> sling it god what's the play call i'm trying to think it's something 85 trips 85 i think it's their main play call in the in the air raid old post over backside post curl return if anybody out there listening knows what that means it's old as time that one um but no nah, yeah dude i just i could talk about mississippi state and mike leach all day so I have a question for you, Zach. Say say you're playing a game, you're gonna score a touchdown. Would you prefer run it in for sixty yards or throw a Hail Mary and score? Well, my answer to that is simple. Sixty yard run, because I never done it. Yeah. <laughs> Being a big go. slow guy, just one time I'd like to just oh, we're running that zone read and that end just squeezes, you know. Just completely it, forgetting that the big slow honky can take off for and, four six sixty yard freaking run. Yeah, and then, I, I've been and then, dreaming and then about that. And then a linebacker and a Hawks cornerback man. and a and, and a safety. They all sprain their ankle or hurt themselves at the same <laughs> yes, time. And no, go yeah, I gotta have. That's uh, the only way you're taking it sixty yards. I gotta have Lee Harvey <laughs> Oswald, you know, in the yeah, stadium. He's gotta snipe those suckers sniper. out to help me yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. Nah, but a Hail Mary for sure would be would be awesome to just go out that way. I think that's always um, a quarterback's dream, you know, throw a Hail Mary to win the game. Uh, I'm going to put it this way. If Zach's running 60 yards, it better be for a touchdown because if he's having to get up, especially if it's in a hurry-up scenario, oh, yeah, if he's having no. to get up and run another play, we're going to have to bring in the ox tank, baby. <laughs> Somebody get me a Marlboro. <laughs> Can't breathe. My longest, what is my longest career run? I think I was 25 yards, 25 yeah. yards versus Ole Miss. We were and at how, 50. Lo- how, 
how long did it feel like you were running for? Oh, it was just like a 12 second, 30 yard run. Like it was a half marathon. It, I was, I was slow. I'm the slowest person ever, as you know, Riley. <laughs> People out there listening, when I do conditioning drills, linemen are keeping up with me. All right. I wear, I wear O lineman cleats when I play. Yeah, that, so that's we- not a tell on what kind of quarterback a guy is. I don't know what is. If a dude laces up some freaking O-line biscuits to go play quarterback, yeah. you know that guy's <laughs> them, clocking sub them, 540. Them wide dogs with the Don Joys, baby. I mean, I want to know old, old how cleat. much Tom Brady's cleats weigh. Oh, yeah. Those things are cinder blocks. The old moon boots. And he tapes them. They're six pounds on each foot. <laughs> that guy ain't going nowhere. That's why no. he sits there flat foot in the pocket. It's just... Yeah. He's like the old cartoons where they tie bags of sand to cat's feet. Can't yeah, go he's nowhere. To the point, he's to the point in his goat status too, where nobody's taking a cheap shot on Tom Brady. If they are, mm-hmm. they know that probably both teams are going to start a brawl with that against whoever it's, the players. It's like it's, it's, it's like it's, it's going to be the eleventh commandment. Yeah, Thou shalt yeah. not <laughs> hit Tom Brady. Yeah, well, that's a one way ticket out the league, right there, buddy. Old Roger Goodell is going to be calling the owner of your team. Hey, get yeah. that guy out of here. He's trying to take away our biggest moneymaker. It'd be like waiting in line to meet the Pope and then chest bumping him. Gosh. Man, going back to that <laughs> old mess run though, this That'd is an epic story. Though. This <laughs> is be great. This is like classic Mettenberger move. You know, I really, really showed uh what I was all about. But that was my first year at LSU. We were up fifty two to nothing in the fourth quarter with like three minutes left, right? So we're just handing the ball off, just trying to get out of there, right? Get on the airplane, go back to Baton Rouge. Well, I get bored and I'm like, I'm keeping this and I ain't telling a soul. So set hut comes. I fake it to Terrence McGee and I am out the backside just struggling. (laughs) (laughs) Just struggling. Everoonie with the high hands just down the right sideline. I get about to five yard line. I see this guy's gonna just mollywop me, and uh, I uh, Vic the pylon. I got a still frame of that somewhere, and I scored. All right, they marked me out on the one yard line. <laughs> Coach Miles is pissed. <laughs> he makes my ass take a knee four times on the one yard line. Yeah. Well, you should have just is, made it in there. I should have just said, hey, QB sneak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have got me out of LSU as fast as uh, yeah. I got in. Red oh, seven, God. hot route. Hot What does that route. mean? Hot route. I think T-Bob Bear was the center uh, for me in that game. Shout out T-Bob and everything you're doing on your show. Get us get us on your podcast, man. Get us, uh, his, get us his a shout out. His podcast is a radio your, show. Yeah, yeah he's get, on ESPN at Baton Rouge. Get us some of your followers, man. Um, <laughs> but nah, that that was that's one of my all-time memories right there. A, it was my longest run, and, and B, it was a direct defiance of orders from up yeah. top. <laughs> Shocker. I can't believe you would do something like that, honestly. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> We're looking forward to ball starting. I know I am. I know you guys are. I'm hoping, to, you know, the guys, people that are listening in, we appreciate you bearing with us as we start up during the preseason. But once football starts, we're excited to get some guests on here and uh, have some more content to talk about. So thanks for tuning in with us. This is SECQB with Zach Mettenberger. And uh, I'm your co-host, Riley Sinyard, and our great producer, Alex Carter. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a follow and a like and a subscribe and share it with everybody you know. And we'll see you guys next week for episode four.
let's go watch some American football. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.